Oh, do we have a treat for you in this week's Inside Illini Basketball Podcast. Legendary Lauren Tate, our Hall of Famer, will spill the beans on all things Illinois basketball, including the future of Brad Underwood. He's here and he's not going anywhere. Oh, fans are going to love to hear this. Come back for his thoughts on recruiting, scheduling, this year's team, everything. We'll be back after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Pia Sports Bar and Grill presents Inside Illini Basketball. Pia Sports Bar is the number one Illini sports enthusiast bar in Champaign, hosting bus shuttles to all Illini basketball home games, serving up the best wings, beers, never-ending nachos, and mouth-watering burgers. Come visit Pia Sports Bar and Grill and try our famous Grand Slam Burger while watching your favorite game. Pia Sports Bar and Grill is located at 1609 West Springfield Avenue in Champaign. Come be a part of the party at Pia's. Oh, good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, I guess. Well, all sorts of things are different today. Not only are we doing this on Monday afternoon, we're doing it without Scott Ritchie, the star of the show. But you know what, Ed Bond? I found somebody more important than Scott Ritchie. <laughs> yeah. Don't expect me to know more than Ritchie. Now, come on. That's the Hall of Famer you're listening to. <laughs> Lauren Tate, special guest for this week's Inside Illini Basketball, and nobody knows more than Lauren does, and we'll try to we'll try to cut him off at a half hour. Ed's already nervous. Uh, he's got uh, Brett Bielema to listen to today. He says he got to cut Lauren off, but Lauren's all pumped up already this uh, today because of Io's summer league performance on. Really Sunday looked night. good last night. You know they let him run the ball club last night. The the Bulls team and and uh, he was ten out of twenty from the field. Had uh, twenty two points and and. Some nice playmaking. You know, it's strange how these games in in the summer league go because the first game he didn't have a very good game. Second game he was sharp. He had four steals. He helped the team win. And the third game he was two for eight or so and and just didn't uh, didn't do much. But the, he he took charge of the uh, the, uh, the team last night and uh, it looked like the old aisle. All right, Lauren Tate. What's a man of your stature? up on a Sunday night watching NBA Summer League for? Well, I, I watched because it was a 9 o'clock game, and I watched because it was I.O. playing, and I thought I ought to get a look at him, particularly when you told me you are going to talk basketball with me today, <laughs> so I thought the least I could do. But the thing you've got to remember about I.O., and, and this is, is here's the problem. Um, the Bulls have, have added three perimeter players. I won't call, they're, they're basically guards, and DeRozan's going to definitely be in the lineup. Uh, Caruso is going to play a lot. They've they've added three, and you know they they've got the returnees from last year, two key returnees. So he's going to have to fight to get in the what I call the rotation. If if you have at those three positions, if you say you had six people uh, rotating in there, he's got to fight his way into that six somehow in order to play and in order to get playing time. And if he isn't going to get playing time, the next thing you know, you're in the G League. Because they're going to send him down. They don't want to let him sit on the bench and 
and just uh, rust. They want him to, to see action. So he's got to play really hard to, to crack that rotation. And if he does, he'll, he'll avoid the G League. He's, making, he's going to make 1.24 each of the next two years. Could you get by on that a little over a million a year? Who's to say I'm not trying be that easy, right now? <laughs> <laughs> I am Jim Rosso, uh, Vice President of News at the News Gazette. Joined this proud institution in 1993 when Lauren Tate was still covering football on a daily basis. Yeah, I was going strong in those days. 93, football was starting to go the uh, the wrong way yeah, when I was. got here. Yeah. I can remember the Saturday I showed up, Iowa, uh, Illinois put a spanking on Iowa, but then mm-hmm. came a doldrums era. Well, I think, you know, after after White and Makovic, we had two really good, solid, outstanding coaches, and then uh, Lou Tepper was promoted from uh, linebacker coach, defensive coordinator, and uh, Lou had good defenses, but the offense, he just never could quite get the offense rolling, and um, the team slipped, and it's been kind of slipping uh, pretty much uh, since then. Well, here's the good news. This is inside of line basketball, so yeah. that was the last time we'll talk about football Okay, for the next 25 All minutes, right. which I know makes you kind of happy sometimes. Well, we've got a game in less than two weeks now. I know, and you always tell me how many lo- losses you've covered as opposed <laughs> to wins. Well, that's Kelly doing that. Steve <laughs> Kelly totals them up. I didn't do that. He did it. He <laughs> He wants to know how many games I covered that uh, only lost, and I've lost track. It's too many. Yeah, that's just mean. That's <laughs> mean and uh, a torture for Lauren. All right, basketball it is. Lauren, tell me this. You talk about Io's potential. All the years of you covering Illinois basketball, who's your favorite in the pros? Who is your favorite former Illini in the NBA as an NBA player to watch? I th- I, I have to give you two answers. I, I would say Nick Anderson. Now, if you're really going to be, if I had to tell you, I'd go back way too far for you because Don Sunderlich was my roommate at the University of Illinois, and he had a tremendous rookie year. He was the rookie of the year, the, the first half of his uh, season in 1952. He was the rookie of the half year. All right. But, and he didn't make it the second half, but he, but I remember that. So, you know, he's, he was a close friend and, and, uh, so I would have to say that, but that's going way back too far. I think Nick would be my guy okay. more than anybody else. I think Eddie Johnson had a good NBA I, career. Yeah, you know, but I didn't get, I didn't follow Eddie as much as I did Nick. Somehow, I mean, in the NBA, Darren Williams was awfully good. Oh yeah, he was awfully good. Yeah, he was the best. He's probably the best NBA player you think that we've ever had. Kendall Gill was pretty good. Yeah, but I think I think that. Um, I'm not sure that he's quite stacks up as the best ever. All right. If well, you're asking me the best ever. There's a drought uh, that uh, hopefully will be uh, yeah. will ending with Iowa's emergence. You know, you have a Kendrick Dunn. I guess he counts. Oh, you yeah. Myers Leonard. I guess he counts. Uh, well, we'll see about Leonard this right. year uh, where he's going to play. But Nunn's with the uh, with the uh, Lakers, so he's going to he's going to see action. And, and the thing that he gives you is a good three-point shooter. And that's kind of what you need to go with that team with LeBron and and particularly uh, with West, you know, Westbrook uh, coming in, uh, they're, they're going to they're gonna be driving to the hoop. They're going to be kicking out, and he's an ideal guy to kick out to. You said Sunderledge was your roommate here in Illinois. Yeah. What stories did he tell you of the NBA back then? <laughs> it was a little different, a little well, less prestigious. Well, I, didn't, I didn't have much uh, contact with Don after he was in the NBA. But, okay. I mean, when he, he was a senior at the University of Illinois when I came in as a freshman, so... Uh, I had I, I had uh, left my um, my grip at the Beta House. I was going to be a Beta Theta Pi like my dad, 
And I went over to Sigep, and they said, if, if, you will, if you will come with us, you can room with Sunderlies. I said, who's going to get my bag? <laughs> and then somebody went over and picked it up. We had two guys from Monticello. Their names were Gooker and, and uh, oh, my gosh, I forgot the other guy's name. And they uh, they went over to Beta House and picked up my grip and brought it over. And I, so that's how I became a Sigep. Sigep. All right. I was a Lambda Chi at Valpo and our biggest rivals, Sigep. So Sigep. I don't even know if we should be talking right now, Lord. <laughs> we may have to scuffle like the good old days. You didn't have a, they, Sigep didn't have a red door, did it? It did. did we'd, it? We'd, we'd often paint it black. Well, I was going to say, maybe that's a thing for Sigep's <laughs> everywhere. Uh, that will be next week's podcast, Fraternity Hijinks. <laughs> With Lauren Tate. Hey, thank you to uh, Jeff D'Alessio, our editor of the News Gazette, filled in last week when I was gone. Yeah. Jeff was, uh, uh, like many in the newsroom, started out as a basketball beat writer. And that's where How many guys his work are... ethic and his uh, yeah. determination and creativity. It really does pay off. Well, what'd you start as? That. that. <laughs> and I'm the other version of that. But it's, it's still a good following Lauren's footsteps. Never a bad thing. All right. Here's I know you got notes and you're going to. You're going to wow me, but I'm going to ask some other questions first. Okay. All right. Um, Line rebounders having their outing today, their golf outing out at Lincolnshire. Brad Underwood out there golfing. Mm -hmm. Where does he stack up among your favorite Illinois coaches to cover? Well, one of the favorites. I mean, you know how close I was with Lou Henson. I was also very close to Harry, and I was also very close to Harv Schmidt. Those are the ones I was closest to, mm-hmm. so then I, naturally they're my favorites, and I, I think that Harry and, and Lou, uh, you know, their records are very comparable, uh, comparable in terms of success that they had. Harry had three uh, Final Four teams in the first five years. That's pretty good. Right. And, of course, Lou had those, that great run in the 1980s where we were just up there every year. So those are my favorites, yeah. All right, about a month into the job, he invited us to and Ed for a – a podcast in his office at Ubbin back in the day, Brad Underwood did. Mm-hmm. He was very relaxed and open to someone he didn't even know back then. And to me, he he's, hasn't changed a bit. No, he, despite a little Well, he's rise. changed one way. He's lost about 40 pounds. Well, yeah. He looks good in shape. You see, did you see him leading the, the bull at the fair? The U of I always buys the, the best bull. Did you know that? Every year. Okay. Yeah. They buy the... They, they actually... Uh, get involved and and you know it's it's a bidding process but they pay enough where they don't have to worry about somebody else trying to run up the the price on them i hope you saw it over the weekend uh, uh mm-hmm. coach underwood had his uh what i call a cow outfit i was mocked this yeah. morning when i said hey yeah. did you see him in the cow yeah. outfit yeah. apparently there is protocol and a uniform approach to that but he looked yeah. very at ease inside the ring mm-hmm. like he was on the sidelines coaching against wisconsin yeah. Not all coaches can do that. No, he's got a he's got a great quality. Uh, personality is is ideal. He's awful tough on the players in practice. I'll tell you, as all the coach, all the successful coaches are really tough in practice. They just are. They change. They change when they talk to the media. They might change when they when a game starts. But boy, if you could hear some of the things they're said in the huddle, you know that they're really rough. All right. Uh, again, a, a a wild off season that. Uh, Settled down about a month ago. Yeah. Are you in a good spot with this team, Lauren? Well, I think the difference is Kofi, no question. Okay. I think Payne's going to be a big factor with this team, and just the fact that he can back up Kofi and he can also play some power forward. So they've got two guys there. that it, We'll see how it develops over the course of the season. How many minutes can Kofi play? Can Kofi play 30 this year? He played 27 last year. I mean, 
if he plays 30 minutes, you only got to worry about 10 minutes of uh, somebody else playing the center position and, and trying to kind of basically hold the fort while he mm-hmm. rests. And I think that uh, Payne is going to be that guy. And I think that Payne's also going to be able to play. Payne is very uh, explosive, not a great inside scorer like Kofi, but very good defensively, which is something you want when you put a substitute in. You want the guy to be good, solid defense, and then, you know, you know and then when uh, let somebody else worry about the scoring for that maybe that short time, and he'll he'll score some too. Interesting comments from Deion Thomas in this uh, Sunday's News Gazette. Yeah. Well, Scott Ritchie's asked him where Kofi will leave well, campus and he pretty much he, said he's the most dominating I would big guy I would I would say that he would after this year if he has a normal year for him uh he would be the most dominating center in Illinois history I don't see I mean Johnny Red Kerr was much more slender and 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 came along much more slowly uh you remember he sat out his he he redshirted for a year and a half. I mean, now you had to sit out a year in those days, but they uh, Harry he came in at the semester, and and Harry actually had him sit out a whole the whole first two years that he was here. And then he played three years, and he was all he was uh, Big Ten Player of the Year in '54. But um, it took him a while to reach. He wasn't what you would call that dominant. He was a really good scorer, but he, here you got a guy that people don't know how to guard him. They just nobody successfully. No, they don't know what to double team him. I guess is the only answer. And, and that if there's one thing that that uh, Kofi has to maybe do better this year, it's to learn to pass out of the double team some. Although I think uh, Underwood is smart enough to tell him when you get the ball in there, try to you know go for the basket because they're going to foul you or, or you know or, or you're going to make the basket. So uh, I I just think uh, Kofi there's nobody that is as rough and strong and tough as Kofi at the center position. Who would it be? I mean, Thoreen was slender. Uh, there's nobody There's nobody like that. It's amazing what you just described might not get picked in the NBA draft. How well, is that possible? I don't, I don't, uh, it's just a different game. I'm, I want to see him play another year. I don't think he's going to be able to develop a mid-range jump shot, but if he could, that would that would be that would help. The other problem is defending. So many teams use a pick and roll. They're bringing out their center for that pick and roll, and he, that puts him out on the court defensively. And he's not as good there. He's not as quick. I mean, he's, he, if 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 you have a point guard and a center in a pick and roll, that means that the defensive center winds in, winds up on the guard out there, and and that, you know he's not he's not that quick that he can guard a little a quick guard out there. All right, uh, Lauren knows all. So here's my. Next topic. I see the Ubbin basketball practice facility is is a mess right now because they're building, they're adding to it. It looks huge. It's going to be glorious, I'm sure. Yeah. Come on, give me give me where you covered some of these teams practicing. <laughs> Not at Ubbin. Back in the empty days. Back in the yeah. Well, Lou Henson, they go on campus. Today? Lou Henson used to have. They actually practice at the Ark. You know the the campus recreation. Uh, they, they there were several times of that. Ed Bond can remember. I mean, they, they, he he was looking around. He he was thinking about Champaign Central High School. I mean, they were doing all kinds of scrambling uh, at at that time because the uh, assembly hall uh, was being used mm-hmm. for various and different uh, events. And uh, Lou was sometimes struggling to find a place to practice. Isn't that crazy? Was it, it really was? Uh, some of the pictures. 
When the ice capades came, you couldn't practice basketball on the ice, could you? <laughs> oh, oh, those were good times. No outdoor practices that you know of. No, I don't know part. any outdoor practices, but uh, he had various places that he went. Uh, and, and maybe when his son was at Parkland, he might have gone, gone out there, mm-hmm. but I don't think he did. All right. Lou Hansen uh, passed away last summer, of course. About uh, a year ago. Uh, does he get a statue? Does he deserve one? I don't know what's going to happen in that regard. I think that uh, he he's he's a, certainly a, a lovable a guy as as ever existed. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. They won't have any basketball statues. Um, we got two football statues, right. and no basketball statues. Mm-hmm. The the difficulty with the basketball statues, and I think this is a fair statement. Nobody really knows who the best Illinois player was. Right. I think there's you can get a debate going in that. You can say, well, this guy was the best pro, or this guy was the best mm-hmm. as a sophomore, junior, and senior, or this guy was the best as a senior only. You know, uh, I, I don't know who. I've never been able to, you know, I used to say that Harper, and, uh, and yet Harper, if you look back at his scoring, it took him the first couple of years, he didn't score very, and he didn't shoot very well. And um, his statistics don't stack up, although his defense was superior. And he he did improve his scoring for about six or seven years in the pros. Right from from his soft, from his freshman year at Illinois, he went freshman, sophomore, junior, and then about eight years in the pros. And every single year, he averaged more points than he did the year before. <laughs> Who's your favorite player that, to come back and talk to? I suppose Bruce Douglas. Okay, I suppose I I think I always say that, and uh, you know, Randy Cruz is always an old favorite of mine. That goes way back. But my problem is that. I was much closer to the players in the old my old days than, of course, now. I mean, when, when I don't know what Kofi thinks when a 90-year-old guy walks up to interview him. I mean, he must think, what's this guy doing here? I mean, I'm tr- <laughs> and, well, don't you suppose he does? I mean, he, he, f- fair or not, he probably thinks that when the 25-year-old comes, too. Because well, these guys, uh, and this is how it operates, not just at Illinois, but in all of college sports, they are so isolated and protected from the media in yeah. most cases. They, well, they're told what to say. It's a brand that is, it's uh, really inter- has to be. It's really interesting football right now because what Bielma says, the assistant coaches say, and the players, mm-hmm. you can't get much out of anybody. They right. they know that they've got some secrets that Nebraska doesn't know about because the coaches are new and they got a new system offensively and a new system defensively, especially defensively, and they're not going to tell you what's going on. What did I tell you about talking football, Lauren? I, I told you we're not going to be doing did it anymore, I do that? and you just broke the rules. <laughs> there will be known, penalties. I'm known for breaking the rules. After this <laughs> podcast ends. Oh, uh, when are you going to ask me what the starting lineup is in basketball? I'm getting there. <laughs> if you'd let me finish. Force me avoid that one. <laughs> oh, I, I, again, okay, I'll break the rule. Football. The time Mike White. Uh, after a dismal performance, I think it was at Northwestern, came up to you, and I can't imagine this today of any coach. said, Lauren, you write what you got to write. No, he said, Lauren, if you need to call for my firing, it's okay with me. I said, why would I want to do that? You're the best coach we've had in a while. We lost to Northwestern, but he was was that open. You know, um, when Mike uh, resigned, I, I talked to him too. We talked about that. His resignation. Yeah, I was close to Mike. Right. I still am. Different I, era. I'd pick up the phone, call him right now. You know, he'd he'd answer. I bring that up because I, I 
I sense Underwood is in the same mold of that. You yeah, know, maybe it, not quite to that extent. The problem but. that I have right now is is because of the the virus and mm-hmm. and the COVID nineteen. This this really separate. We're doing like even today. I'm doing a Zoom uh, with with Bielma. We did zooms for a, you, you. You get separated from from a coach when you when you never see him. Right. You know, we went for a year and we weren't we weren't around. Nobody. Now we're starting to be, but we haven't really got into it in basketball yet, as as we will this season. I hope, unless this thing blows up in our face again. Ed Bond assures me we will be back at State Farm Center, calling games from press row. Correct, Ed? Okay, Ed, Ed. Oh, great. He changed it to I hope so now. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Lauren Tate, since his last podcast experience, has uh, o- only been inducted into a Hall of Fame. That was really nice that, that they could do that. I had some friends, I think, that just decided after all these years they'd run out of people to, <laughs> to find, and they, they landed on me. But uh, I do have some good friends that are at the top of that uh, organization now, and it made a big difference, I think. United States Basketball Writers Association mm-hmm. Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Didn't get to celebrate this year at the Final Four in Indianapolis. Will next year in New Orleans, hopefully. Um, right. <laughs> right? I don't know what's going to happen in New Orleans. I talked to them uh, about a month or two. No, at the Big Ten meeting, football meetings, and, and I talked to the guys about the basketball thing, and, and they said that the problem is they've got – the previous year's class, my class, which is this past year, and the class for next year, all three will be inducted. And so you can't have everybody speak. There's no way. I mean, that'd be or what probably average about four years, so there'd be at least 12 of us. Now, that doesn't mean all 12 will be there but uh, in New Orleans. But um, I don't know. It, it's going to be a kind of a makeshift uh, operation, I'm afraid. All right, what season of covering Illinois basketball is this for you? Lauren? Well, I started in 1965-66 season. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. I started in the 1966-67 season. 66 uh, was my first football season, and then basketball ran into 67. Approaching 50 years. Uh, no, more than 50 years. I'm sorry, approaching 55 years. Yeah, approaching. i got to do my math a little better here. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you know about this year's team, Lauren? I know you well, the schedule came out the other day, and yeah. I think it—I think it's fair to say—and I, and I get some argument. I think it's the toughest schedule in Illinois history. Toughest. The toughest. Now, let me tell you why. First of all, they're playing twenty Big Ten games. That's tough. We used to play eighteen. We used to play fourteen. Mm-hmm. So, all those teams that were back in the day were playing fourteen. You can't compare it to twenty. That's that's the start of things. And then I'm just going to run down some of the games they got. Marquette in Milwaukee. That'll be a tough game. Cincinnati at Kansas City. And then you play the winner uh, or the loser of Kansas State and Arkansas. So could play Arkansas there. Could play uh, Weber's uh, Kansas State team. You got um, Notre Dame at home. You got Arizona at home. And you got uh, Missouri and St. Louis. That's a really nice schedule. Now, they've also got some... Easier games. They play two exhibitions in uh, in late October. Uh, one, uh, and then uh, we've got teams like Jackson State, Arkansas State, Rio Grande Valley, uh, Francis, Pennsylvania, and uh, Florida A and M. So you got about five games that I would call uh, easier games. But uh, the over the you're going to have twenty plus. You're going to have about 26 really tough games. That sounds wonderful. But the Big Ten, (laughs) 
by the way, it's not going to be as good as it was last year. You're, you're aware of that. Well, It's just not. Okay. Iowa's not going to be as good. Rutgers is going to have to start over. They, I mean, some pretty good teams last year are not going to be so good. All right, I'll tell you. Here's my argument against that. The, t- the league folded in March, so I, I, okay. I, I discount what they did in the regular season well, to a certain degree. I know they were good. Well, but we, when we you played have, them during the regular season when they were pretty good. Yeah, but something <laughs> okay. wasn't as good. And, then, and here's another thing. Michigan when watching State the summer be league, your two best players in the league are fringe NBA players. No offense to Io or Luca Garza. Maybe they so. Fri- those but are your first and second team All Americans, right? And that, to me, is maybe when you're looking for reasons why these teams didn't do so great. Well, I will tell you that Io's game. Now, remember, he was playing with a mask on, having broken his nose. But I would tell you that his game against uh, Loyola was, without any doubt, the worst game that he has played at Illinois in the last two years. I'm talking about defensively as well as offensively. But defensively, he had a really bad game. It just just happened. I mean, he had a lot of great games, and nobody in the history of the University of Illinois ever won more games in the last minute than he did for Illinois. He just was terrific down the stretch. But uh, in that game, he just wasn't there. All right. So last year, we'll we'll have differing opinions on the, the strength. This year, I would say... Purdue's going to be really good. Yeah. And I think this is, uh, this would, uh, Indiana's going to be all right. Indiana will be better. They got better a new, than it's been. Got a new coach, and, and I think they're, they're and they kept, uh, kept their center. Yeah. So they're that going, seems to have worked out amazingly after they've the initial got reaction. A, they've got a problem working out the point guard position. Fantasy hasn't been quite what they wanted. I noticed he didn't start in the Bahamas. They won two games this week in the Bahamas, and Fantasy uh, came off the bench and did okay. But uh, they've got a freshman there that might break in. I don't know what they're going to do about the point. But otherwise, uh, they got a real big pickup in Cop, the, the Northwestern forward, who's uh, injured in the second game in Bahamas, but he'll be okay. And so uh, they're, they're going to be real experienced up front. They just need to develop that point guard's position. To, in order, in order, and that's the position that I think Illinois is just going to excel at. Mm-hmm. I think Corbello is going to be dominant. Right. It's a roster uh, meant for a, the toughest schedule in the yeah. Illinois history. Yeah. I would argue, and that's changed a lot in yeah. the last two months when we were maybe a little bit nervous. But, but, <laughs> but you don't always get to play uh, Marquette and Cincinnati mm-hmm. and some of the teams like that. Of course, we're back with Missouri again and St. Louis, and and uh, we've lost three in a row to them. Three in a row. Am I right? Three in a row losses to Missouri. That can't go on. I saw Chester Frazier bringing that up on Instagram over the weekend. One of these making. Chester's responsible for a couple of the recruits we've got mm-hmm. in. You know that? I know. Well, which leads uh, me to my next question. Uh, you remember him as a player? Uh, well, he's a he's a fighter. Yeah, yeah. He uh, Chester was a very great, not a great player, but just a tenacious player. Really good defensively, and not a great scorer, but a playmaker and a guy that made his teammates better. All right. So you're you're good with the. Maybe the coaching changeover. Well, no. I mean, I'd rather have Antigua here. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? I mean, he was terrific. And Kentucky paid him a lot of money, and that's where he went. But, no, I. I but uh, those things happen, and, and uh, we we are benefiting from Corbello and, and Kofi Cope, and both of whom were, were brought in here, recruited by Antigua. And that's – and we've got three guys, three, three Puerto Rican players on the uh, – Illinois team, and I think Fraser's mother, uh, 
Trent Fraser's mother's Puerto Rican, so we got a lot of Puerto Rican influence on this ball club. Favorite assistant of all time that you dealt with, Lauren, either off the court or on the court? Oh, you, you shouldn't ask me quite. I've been around. I'm throwing to you off. Dick. <laughs> well, okay. Favorite assistant. Yeah. I don't know if, uh, if I can a- answer that. I, I, a I, couple I, different ones then. Well. The, the lose guys were a friendly bunch. Yeah. I think Dick probably Maggie. Tony Yates is probably my closest friend in terms of that. Uh, they had a special event for him over in Cincinnati just in the last month, you know, uh, and he he passed away, and, and then they had a period of time there before they got around to doing this, but uh, his wife, uh, and Mary went over there, by the way, Mary Henson uh, went over, and I was invited, but I did not go. I'm just not a traveler much these days, but uh, Tony was, Tony and I were awfully close. Dick Campbell was a fraternity brother of mine. He was an assistant coach under Harv Schmidt and Dick and I were very close, but uh, we were, as I say, we were in school at the same time, and uh, Dick had played professional baseball and couldn't come out for the Illinois team at that time. When he came back to school, he had already played professionally, Dick Campbell. Hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I was never as cl- I, I was close to Jimmy Collins, but never as close to Jimmy as I was to, uh, you know, to, to a couple of other guys. I see Bill Self's got uh, more talent coming back to Kansas. Lon Kruger is helping his son coach. Is that right? Is that uh, when I last touched base with uh, going well, to UNLV as an assistant? His son's a head coach. <laughs> right, and, is he and out there I, golfing? I, and Lon's going to, you know, I unofficially, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's official, is it, that he's going to help him? Uh, I'm not sure, but I'm sure he'll uh, weigh in a few times. Yeah. His uh, son attended Centennial here. Yeah. Bruce Weber. John Gross, what I'm getting to is, uh, uh, do you keep in touch with any of these old coaches? No, no, I don't. Okay. Uh, I haven't been in touch with Gross. And and uh, Weber, I've seen on the recruiting trail. Um, I, I, I think the last time I saw Bruce was we were watching uh, E.J. Liddell play down in Belleville, and he was there recruiting him as we were. And, of course, he went to Ohio State. All right. His return there is going to make Ohio State pretty good this year. Ohio State, uh, one of the teams to watch. Yeah. Think about those Big Ten teams. What's the what's the glory years of the Big Ten, Lauren? Late eighties. Oh you yeah. Say? The, oh, I think the stretch, so. Yeah. Five year stretch, maybe. Oh yeah. That okay. that that period of time in the late eighties when Michigan was so good, Iowa was good, Illinois was really good. I mean, it was it was much. There were more ranked. Illinois played more ranked teams in the eighties. Particularly that '89 team, they were up against good teams. All they lost four games in the Big Ten that year. People forget that they didn't win the Big Ten. All right, questions I was told not to ask you. Who's going to start? My starting line, <laughs> okay, because my starting line is different from everybody else. I think they'll start paying it power forward. Hmm. I think they'll rotate him into the center position when Kofi comes out. I think Payne's got. That may not work, and if it doesn't, they'll figure it out early in the season. But if that works, that gives you a really good defensive player at the four. It gives you a guy that can you can get if you can get him twenty five to thirty minutes, and and play Kofi, uh, let's say thirty minutes. That that would uh, that would make them a lot stronger up front. They don't have a natural four. Now at the four, they're going to play also. They're probably going to start. They're actually going to start Grandison there, I assume, and Hawkins will be backing him up. But I, 
in my in my opinion, they'd be better off to try to do this thing with Payne and then rotate him into the center. Hutcherson's going to be a small forward, I think. Point guard, of course, Cabello, and the two guard will be Frazier. Now, the problem that I see developing on this team is how you're going to get the freshman a playing time because you've got De- DeMonte Williams coming back. You've got Plummer coming in here from Utah. He's going to play. I mean, he's going to be off. He's going to be coming off the bench, I think, real early. And you've got a guy named Bosman's Verdunk. I don't know what I don't know what he can do, whether he's going to play or not. We'll see. He's been injured two years. Hutcherson's been injured for two years. Neither one of those guys has played the last two seasons. They've been here just watching, but uh, both of them supposedly are ready to play now, and, and they're raving about Hutcherson in practice. Right. If you want to believe what they're telling right. you. They think Hutcherson is he's a good scorer and he's got he's athletic and you know what it's going to come down to though we always forget this it's going to come down to the five guys that that play the best defense he's going to insist on strong defense and you know that's something that Underwood believes in and other than Curbelo I think everybody else is going to have to play good defense to stay in there. Question number two that you hate answering: Do they win the Big Ten? Well. I would say there'll be one of three or four teams contending for the Big Ten championship. They've won their their record for the last two years is way better than anybody else combined. I think Michigan will be good. I think Ohio State will be good. You mentioned Purdue. I think Purdue. I don't think Indiana will contend for the championship, but I think their first division. And of course, you're going to see teams like Iowa and Minnesota fall and and Rutgers fall. And I think Illinois is definitely a contender. But I, who's going to take that last shot? Who's going to do the things that I assume did for Illinois over a long period of time. When, when the chips were down, how many times did he come through for us? A lot. Question three and last one that you'll have to get uncomfortable to provide an answer. As well as he's done as coach, especially these last two years heading into this year, does Brad Underwood get courted by someone else? And the chances of him maybe looking at those offers. I don't think that Underwood will leave. I don't. I think that Whitman is committed to him in terms of financially, and I think uh, that this is an ideal place for him. He's got the new hub in place uh, developing. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't see Underwood leaving. Um, I, think he's, I think he's solid here for a while. Lauren, it's been a pleasure. Well, it went in a hurry, didn't it? Yeah, it did. We could go on for another hour if – it's about football. You have to go talk to the coach about what's going to happen in week one against Nebraska. I need to know his plays. All right? Can you handle that? Can that be the first question? Well, whatever the first question is, it probably won't be directly answered. <laughs> all right, that's Lauren Tate. Listen to him uh, all the time on WDWS and read him in every Sunday's News Gazette. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next Monday.